Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, we have a program full of new. First, we begin a brand new series with author Carl Gallups, and then we'll debut a brand new segment with Greg Patton and Ken Copley. Watchman on the Wall is here each day to bring clarity to the chaos and remind everyone who tunes in that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Make sure you receive our brand new monthly catalog, Timely Tools. Timely Tools highlights the latest resources from your friends here at Watchman on the Wall and SWRC. Each month, this beautiful catalog is delivered to you full of the latest books, DVDs, and other timely resources designed to inform you and encourage your faith. Timely Tools is a free way to stay up to date on all the latest DVDs and books by your favorite speakers and teachers. Get your copy of Timely Tools by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Now, here's our host, Dr. Larry Spargimino, with author and speaker, Carl Gallups. Our guest, Carl Gallups, is on the cutting edge of prophetic research. You know, friends, he's written several books in the past that take us where few have gone, and he's done it again. His latest book is titled The Yeshua Protocol, An Explosion of Divine Revelation for Our Unique Generation. And friends, subtitles are very revealing. This one certainly is. We are living in a unique generation. God is not silent. He is speaking to this unique generation in a very powerful way. We're going to learn a lot more about that. Carl, thank you so much for your new book, and thank you for being available to share your insights with our audience. Oh, Larry, all my thanks go to you, brother. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to this. God bless you. We try to bring really good stuff to our listeners. Every time you come out with something, I know it's really good stuff. Uh, I don't even have to read your book first, you know, and then I sign you up, and then I read the book. So, <laughs> You're so kind. You're so yeah. kind. What about this generation? What is unique about it? Because, you know, that's a subtitle, An Explosion of Divine Revelation for Our Unique Generation. And I think yeah. you're onto something really important. So explain that a little bit to us. Several factors, biblical factors, that make this generation unique, different than any generation before us. But this book really hones in on one of them and then explores it multifacetedly, and that is the explosion, the absolute exponential explosion of technological advancements. And those technological advancements then serve to expose mysteries that have been hidden in creation, in our biology, at the quantum level, at the archaeological level, at the, at the scriptural level. Of course, all of it is scriptural. Everything in the book is based upon scripture. But I mean, even at the scriptural level, the, the technology we now have to explore the scriptures right. deeper and quicker than ever before, and the things that we're discovering are just astronomical. So that's what that means. But the uniqueness of our generation goes to we're the first generation to see the return of Israel after a 2,700-year-old prophecy. We're the first generation to see Jerusalem legally defined by the nations that matter as the legal capital. And then we're the first generation to see the Ezekiel 
28 prophecy of the nations then coming against that returned Israel. And we're the first generation to see this exponential explosion of technology prophesied in both the Old Testament and the New Testament and out of the mouth of Jesus himself. And so this book basically focuses on that explosion of technology. But that's not the only thing that makes us unique, brother. The Bible talks about mystery. Colossians 1.26, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. And then I'm thinking of 1 Corinthians 2.7, we speak God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. So it seems like in these last days, mysteries are being cleared up and their true meaning is being revealed. But it's also true that there are some people who say that, well, God condemns any method of discerning hidden knowledge. What do you think about that? I do address that in my book. And one of the things I try to do in all my books, I don't know how good I am at it, but I really try to be diligent, and that is to present opposing views. Now, I'm mainly trying to get my view across, so I, I don't use the whole book that way, but I do talk about that. And I give, oh, I don't know, probably 20, 24 examples of scriptures, and they're not the only ones, from Old Testament to New Testament, where God himself, in the Old Testament, the voice of Yahweh declares, and I'm going to paraphrase right now. I don't have my book right in front of me, nor the scriptures right in front of me, but I can paraphrase the truth of it, and you can verify it because you've read the book, um, that God himself says, look, behold, I'm going to show you these things so that when they occur, you cannot say, I didn't know it. These mysteries I will reveal to you, to your generation. I mean, on and on, God speaks of the fact that he purposely obfuscates some things until the right time. And he reveals them to his people first, so that we can know what's happening, and so that we can see his glory when it's all revealed. And listen, we get into the New Testament, you're right. Paul writes about that profusely. He uses the word mystery over and over and over and over about the various aspects of our salvation and God's plan from the beginning. And he begins most of those revelations with, uh, Behold, I'll tell you a mystery. Or, Here is the mystery. The mystery in Christ Jesus. The mystery of the church. The mystery of our salvation. The mystery. The mystery. Well, what does that mean? Peter writes about it when he says, Look, we're on this other side of the Christ event, the crucifixion, the resurrection, the birth of the church, then Peter says, now we have the words of the prophets made more certain. And even the prophets didn't understand what they were writing. They knew they were writing for another generation. He said even the angels didn't understand it. But now we do. Well, what does that mean? It means that God delights in doing this. It glorifies Him, it gets us ready, and then it, gets, it strengthens our faith when we see these things come to pass and know that God told us beforehand. Now, in the middle of all of that biblical truth come the naysayers on the Internet. And I mean, some of these are pretty renowned biblical yes. commentary sites. And I purposely didn't name their names in the book, but anybody that knows how to use Google can go find them. My goal is not to disparage other brothers and sisters in the Lord, but I'm just pointing out, and I quote from a couple of those sites where they make comments like, well, you know, you, you shouldn't search for hidden mysteries in the Bible. That's occultic, and that's akin to witchcraft. And, okay, look, there's a part of that statement that's true. I mean, if we use the Bible like a Ouija board, and this book right. does not do that, right. if we use the Bible like an eight ball, and this book does not do that, then yes, of course we're getting occultic and, and witchcrafty. But what do you do with all those scriptures where God says, look, 
I'm going to show you some mysteries. Or look, I'm going to tell you some things, and then when the right generation comes along, they will see them more clearly, those that have eyes to see and ears to hear. What do you do with those? Mm. Where God tells us, of course I hide things, and of course I reveal things. And I take delight in doing it, and for all the reasons I've already said. So, yeah, I do that. And I quote a couple of websites where they try to take the opposite view and say, oh, no, 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 this is just bad stuff. We should never do this. And I'm saying, well, then you're going to miss out on some amazing prophetic times that we're living in. You're going to miss out on some amazing revelations that God is bringing to light only in our generation. You talk a lot about ELS, and you point out that the word Yeshua can indeed be extracted from the Hebrew Scriptures thousands of times using ELS. Now, there are those detractors who have claimed that even the two phrases, Muhammad is my name and Gandhi is my name, can be found in the Hebrew Scriptures using ELS. But you've got a tremendous response. So tell us about that. Well, thank you. No, my response goes to protocol, thus the title, the Yeshua Protocol. My response is wrapped up in, look, when the proper methods, the proper scientific protocol is used, the proper scientific computer programming that was developed for this purpose is used properly in its context. And I explained in my book, and I'm going to have to tell the listeners to just please get the book and read it, and trust me, yes. and trust Larry, you won't regret spending a little bit of money you spend and the time you read, because it goes into great detail. And in this short interview, I have to keep my answer very short. So I may cause a few more questions than answers, but Larry is right, folks. ELF stands for Equidistance Letter Spacing. Some of the audience might remember what used to be called the Bible Codes, or some of them were even called the Yeshua Codes, and books were written. Michael Drosnan, a highly renowned journalist, way back in the 80s, he came across this when this hyperspeed computer programming began to get really developed, and they did what ancients used to dream of doing. And I've got the names of all of the ancient philosophers and scientists and even Hebrew experts and rabbis from hundreds of years ago. They theorized that the Bible is three-dimensional. In other words, you've got the surface text, and that's all we need. That's all we need. It's the Word of God. You can be saved. You can learn God's heart and His will. Yet, God is multidimensional. He works in all kinds of dimensions, and I've written about that, and I, even in this book I do. So their theory was, hundreds of years ago, renowned scholars, was that somehow the Word of God must be multidimensional too. But now we live in the age where we have the computer programming to explore it multidimensional. ELS is one of the ways. It's equidistance letter spacing. So if I take a passage of Scripture that talks about, let's just say, a guy who preaches to the world in the last days. Yeah, I'm just making that up, but let's just say there's something in there about that. You know, and then I'm thinking, I wonder if we put the name Carl Gallops or, or Larry Spargimino in there, I wonder what we might find. And we put it in the program, and the way the program works is it looks for, the, let's say it's looking for Carl Gallops. It looks for the first C, and then it looks for the first A after the first C, and it determines many spaces there are between the two letters. Well, let's say there's six. Okay, then the protocol is. First of all, if you're looking for Carl Gallup, it has to be in a passage that would somehow refer to something he does. Secondly, 
then you have to establish the protocol of equal distance letter spacing. So if there's six letters between the C and the A, then we look to see if six letters over, there's an R. Right. And if six letters over from the R, there's an L. Now you've got Carl, six, 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 six. Okay, maybe I should use seven letters. Seven, <laughs> seven, seven, seven. Okay, so then what if you went seven letters over and there was a G? And then seven letters, there was another A. And then seven letters, there's another L. Right. And then another L, and another U, and a P, and an F. Then you've got Carl Gallup's spaced out, equidistance letter spacing, seven, 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 seven. And there's Carl Gallup's in the passage of Scripture that talks about prophets preaching the word in the last days, or preachers preaching the word. So, I mean, you look at that and you say, oh my gosh, what's the chances of that? And the answer is, pretty much zero. Well, not only that it would be perfectly distance letters, but that it would be in a passage that seems appropriate to the connection. Right. See, that's part of this protocol. Well, none of that could be done without computers to go through the Bible to see if there were any connections. So the bottom line is, I use two examples of this, renowned examples that I have personal attachments to, and I'm going to let the listeners get the book and read it, and they will see those personal attachments. You can attest on my behalf that these attachments are extremely personal to me. I've got insight from rabbis, from Jewish Hebrew-speaking people on both of these. Both of them have been in my home. They've looked at the text with me. They have verified it in shock that it's there. You'll have to read the book to get it. But those are just two examples of how technology is blowing away our minds because now we're the only generation to have these kinds of technologies. And if the protocol is proper, we're finding things that are astounding, and they're right before our eyes. Now, people who have tried to attack this, and listen, this has been misused, just like the Word of God is misused, even by preachers. Preachers will take them first, take it out of context, and make it say something it doesn't mean to say. So I tell people, look, forget the misuse of this. Let's deal with the proper scientific protocols. And I actually have a reference to the original papers of the original scientists and linguistics and professors who developed all of this, and they lined the protocols out. So if we take those protocols, and I'm very honest in my book, There are people that say, well, look, for example, in Isaiah 53, the one whom they have pierced, by his stripes we are healed. The punishment that brought us peace was laid upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. He was pierced for our transgressions, wounded for our iniquities, etc. Okay, that's Isaiah 53. But the whole thing talks, we know it's about Jesus Christ, but it's in the Old Testament, 700 years before Christ. And it talks about his crucifixion, his burial, what they did to him. Then it talks about his resurrection, his ruling and reigning. Oh, my gosh. Well, who is this? Well, the Jews of this day, to this day, they hide that scripture from the people. The rabbis hide it. It's called the hidden passage or the forbidden passage. But what we do with this computer program, it has been shown that in the middle of that prophecy... We're using ELS and computers running at an angle through the text is Yeshua Shemi in Hebrew. And the translation of that is, Jesus is my name, right in the middle of Isaiah 53. So I use that illustration, but I address the people who say, 
Because you see what this does is it verifies, number one, you and I don't need this verification, but naysayers in the world do, the Jews do. It verifies who Isaiah 53 is about. We know who it's about, but a Jewish person may not until they see that, and then they freak out. And to the world, to the atheists, the agnostics, well, what they did, they came back and said, well, you can use that same program and find Mohammed is my name and Gandhi is my name in the Bible, several places. And I say in my book, they're exactly right. You can. But here's the problem. They don't follow protocol. Because where you find those phrases, they're not in passages that have anything to do with Gandhi or Muhammad, number one. Number two, the letters are not spaced eight letters apart like the Yeshua Shemi is, or 20 letters, I think. You can go up to about 100 letters apart because of the way that the texts are laid out, and you still find it in a cluster, you find it very close, even at 100 letters. But when you start getting down into six or eight or 20 letters apart, oh my gosh, it almost reads like a book. And Yeshua Shemi is like that. It's, it's that close, and it's in that text. And so when I say to people, yeah, there might be four or five instances where there's a passage of Gandhi is my name or Mohammed is my name, but number one, they are thousands of letters apart <laughs> through many, many consecutive texts. Number two, they don't apply to anything within the text that we know of. And number three, we don't know the rest of what might be there. It doesn't really matter because I'm not using this as a Ouija board. I didn't do these. I didn't make these discoveries. These discoveries are well documented. I include them in my book so that you can see with your own eyes. I've got the actual text. You can see it. Yes. It's in Hebrew. I've got personal examples of Hebrew-speaking people who verify, yes, that's what it says. And they're both blown away when they look at it. So these are just parts of the book. By the way, this is very fascinating. I'm glad you brought it up. But as you will admit, these are tiny parts of the whole book. The whole book is filled with stuff like this. I really want to endorse this book. I've been a little careful about ELS, but uh, after reading the book and seeing what's here, and you've heard what Carla said, it's absolutely amazing. It's fantastic. And he's pointed out that none of those findings, like Muhammad is my name or Gandhi is my name, none of those findings appear to be found in a corresponding passage wherein there would be any contextual meaning concerning who the Scripture might be about. And I think that's so amazing, absolutely amazing. Brother Carl, thank you so much. We want to do another show with you. Fantastic. Thank you for your contribution. Thank you, Larry. You're so kind. God bless you and your amazing audience. We have more insight from Carl Gallup's on our next Watchman on the Wall program. The Yeshua Protocol, Carl Gallup's latest eye-popping book, is available today from swrc.com. The Yeshua Protocol will take you on an amazing journey through the scriptures, archaeology, science, technology, and biblically connected historical truths. Order your copy of The Yeshua Protocol by Carl Gallup's today when you call 1-800-652-1144. Today, we are debuting a brand new segment called Invisible War on the Saints with Greg Patton and Ken Copley. In this segment, Greg and Ken will discuss what is facing the Christian today and how to combat the enemy in our everyday lives. Here's Greg Patton and Ken Copley with the inaugural installment of Invisible War on the Saints. 
I'm Dr. Greg Patton along with Dr. Ken Copley talking about things happening in the world today in the spirit world. And I was reading Jan Markell recently, and she had something to say about what to look forward to in 2023 would be a great deal more paranormal and the occult. Why do you think that's such a hot item today? And every year it gets stronger and stronger. What are young people looking for, Doc? They're looking for power. They're looking for special or unique knowledge. They're looking to become a part of something that is way out of the mainstream of normal society. They're looking for a spiritual feel-good experience. In some ways, in the occult, all of that is to be found. Satanism is real. Now, there's some uh, really, really off-the-wall branches of Satanism. I believe there's good documentation. There has been some child sacrifices at different times. But more than that, I think just getting the hold of young people, I see they get into things like Dungeon and Dragons, occultic-type games, and over the while, they start having demonic thoughts. They start thinking like the enemy. And mm-hmm. that's what the enemy wants to do. He he likes to show himself some fanfare once in a while, but he really likes to control people's thoughts. And you kind of look at our culture today and take a look at the thinking in society. In other words, you start in the book of Genesis, and it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That answers evolution. That takes care of that problem. God created this. Anyone that can look around and see all the magnificent Mm -hmm. creatures he's made, the beauty of the ocean, the stars, the skies, the animal world, the world of birds, creation of God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. As we start walking through the scriptures and just starting at the beginning, we see that God not only created the heavens and the earth, but he made male and female. And then he said, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and the two shall be joined together and become one flesh. He said marriage is between a man and a woman. And he said there are two sexes, a male and a female. Gender is not a good word. That's been used by uh, those that are liberal in thinking. It is male and female. Those Mm -hmm. are the two sexes. Outside of that, we've been deceived. It breaks my heart to see where a little child is, a boy is castrated because somebody's convinced him he might be a little girl Mm -hmm. and this Mm -hmm. kind of thing. 20 years ago, I couldn't have imagined anything like this happening in our society. It would be absolutely unbelievable. The the sin of our our nation built on lies. Abortion. That child has purpose. That little child is made in the image and likeness of God. That child has no protection except from its mother. And 60 million people later, we've lost a huge, huge amount of our society mm-hmm. through abortion. Mm-hmm. I watched some of my uh, grandchildren watching some of the things on TV, and it's just shocking to me. It just reeks of the area of the demonic, which is what we're talking about. You know, Saturday mornings used to be Bugs Bunny for me, and they were great. I don't understand today's cartoons at all. I think they're demonically led for the most part. That is absolutely true. Satan is working with the young people, and a lot like the Catholic Church saying, let us have that kid till age 10. We don't care what happens after that. Absolutely. These kids, from the time they can watch TV and run a remote, are are really being infiltrated by the enemy, and that's scary for our future. That's absolutely true. 
We have to be so careful what we allow to come into our minds. We need to guard our hearts and our minds. One of the things that happen is a thought that gets in, it needs to be washed out. God said he sent forth his word and he healed them. We had the washing of the water by the word. That's washing our hearts and minds and get in the scriptures. And what I do is Every night I read a, a psalm that matches the day of the week. For mm-hmm. instance, if it's the second day of the week, I, I read uh, Proverb 2, and then I go through five psalms, 2, and then 32, and 62, and so yeah, on. Great. And I read the Proverbs to keep my head right, and I read the psalms to keep my heart right. 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 It takes five times as many psalms to get my heart right than yes. keep my head right. right. But anyway, we live in a day where the... The enemy is rampant. You look at some of the thinking in the political realm. It just amazes me. All of the Scripture principles that are violated horribly. Scripture says if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. Now, there's exceptions, obviously. People are handicapped. We want to take care of them. Able-bodied people in this day just not working. They're living off the public. They're living off welfare, refusing to work. It's just amazing how the enemy has entrenched himself. Now, it's not the enemy that is totally to blame. He just kind of operates where he's allowed to operate. He's kind of like the power steering on my car. I turn the wheel, he assists. I want to go into sin, he assists. I want to do wrong, he assists. He gives encouragement. He sometimes gives the means. He gives the drive. But he's there. You let him get too much control in your life, and he's going to be a huge influence. And this even goes in Christians' lives. I think one of the things that amazes me is God tells us to take every thought captive. Studies show that every person has thousands of thoughts a day. That's a little bit scary. Based on Proverbs 23, 7, a man is what he thinks about really all day long. That is your life. Again, I think our thought process has to be correct. We have to be in the Bible. We have to be in prayer. We ought to be in a good Bible-believing church. We ought to have our friends that are Christian that can help us see uh, the error of our ways and be good counselors to us. All these things, I think, are very helpful, and to not do them, I think, invites the enemy in. That is true. The enemy is an enemy of influence, Mm -hmm. but that influence can be phenomenal. Now, I'm going to confess to you something. There's times I've been reading the Word of God, rejoicing in the Lord, and all of a sudden I'll have some thoughts drift into my mind that are not fit for Sunday consumption, Mm -hmm. and I need to stop and say, Father in heaven, by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. I reject those thoughts. Those are not my thoughts. I reject them. When Jesus was tempted by the devil, the devil fed him some thoughts that Jesus rejected. The devil said to him, bow down and worship me and I'll give you all the kingdom of the earth. And Jesus rebuked him from the book of Deuteronomy. What happened was Jesus entertained the thoughts, Satan put them there, but he rejected them and he answered them with scripture. So not all of our thoughts are our thoughts, and we've got to take them captive. Matter of fact, it says in the Greek language, take captives, take them captive by spear point and lead them to Jesus. Amen. Invisible War on the Saints DVD features Dr. Greg Patton exposing the enemy's weak points and teaching the believer to put on the armor of God and wield the weapons of spiritual warfare to achieve victory in Jesus Christ. 
Order Volume 1 of Invisible War on the Saints DVD by calling 1-800-652-1144. And when you call, make sure you order your copy of The Yeshua Protocol by Carl Gallups. Call 1-800-652-1144. Tomorrow, Carl Gallops will return with more fascinating details on the imprint of Jesus on everything around us. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our mobile app or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.